and welcome to this week's edition of We Already Know the Answers with your hosts Bill Lawrence, Ian Talentire and Mike Harwood afternoon wherever you're listening whatever the time is hello and welcome to this week's edition of box 39 which is cold radio's mix of magazine music and the lighter side of life and it's all rooted in our community every week on thursdays at 8 p.m saturdays at 2 p.m on 106.6 fm or listen online at colmradio.com i'm bill lawrence i'm here as ever with Ian Tallentire, who's sitting directly in front of me, Mike Harwood, who's sitting to my left, and having spent most of the week trying to find replacements for them, but unfortunately wasn't able to. Well, I'll take the fact you couldn't find someone to replace me uh, equally well qualified well, you... as a compliment, Bill. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I should have just tried harder. You should. My name is, by all accounts, both fully documented and witnessed by people from the Deep Bowl office, Ian Tallentire, two L's, two T's, two E's, two N's and three I's, but not in that order. It's good at spelling, I've isn't it? Spent... Yeah, Do you mind not interrupting this, Lawrence? I've spent most of this week trying to find a replacement for Mike Harwood. That's right, I am here. no avail. No, I am here. I am Mike Harwood. You are. And I have spent most of the week trying to find a way to take over control of this show from Bill Lawrence, but to no avail. So nothing has changed. The thrones haven't been reorganised. Yeah, no it's, chance, I'm afraid, gentlemen. But nothing there. has changed. Box Thirty Nine is a—it's a hamster's wheel, isn't it? Within a hamster's wheel of Colchester and Wivenhoe and surrounding towns, which in, is in turn a, a sort of hamster's wheel within the broader hamster's wheel of North East Essex. Ian, can you tell us what's in store for us this evening, or this afternoon, or this morning, depending on when you're listening to it? Of course. I wonder. I, well, I could, but what I'm actually wondering is what you were trying to describe, but let's not go there. With the assistance of our listeners tonight, or as you say, this afternoon, we'll be playing a game we call We Already Know the Answers. It's loosely based on an American TV quiz show called Jeopardy. Um, We will already know the answers to certain questions, but we will have to try to work out what those certain questions are. I'm, I'm not actually sure what to say. You could say, it sounds good to me. It sounds good to me. Aha, answer, what do you reckon? Answer, sounds like a question to me. For the purposes of this game, Bill, the answer is the question and the question is the answer. Like I said, it it sounds good to me. And the correct question to get that answer is, what do you reckon? Uh, What do I reckon? I reckon we should just play it all by ear. Hope it goes all right. And your answer was, sounds good to me. Sounds good to me too. That makes two of us. No, no, you're missing the point. Not me. What do you reckon? I've told you twice, haven't I? Look, this isn't difficult. Uh, uh, look, you're from a wealthy background. You just bear that in mind, all those uh, sort of people that pay for your education. <laughs> oh, oh dear, this is uh, very complicated. Sounds like you're messing with each other. Well, as they say in the local community radio industry, I just feel like I'm being given a, a bit of the old bleach blonde straight from the bottle. you gonna do i said good child and what you got i said good child and what you gonna do with them bleach blonde bottle blues (laughs) 
six pack the pop and fizz it hits you like a hammer she is turning heads with them great legs seen her on the big screen y'all got nothing on that i said ooh, ooh, child on what you gonna do i said ooh, ooh, child on what you got i said ooh, ooh, child on what you gonna do with them bleach blonde bottle blues how you gonna Fire like a first kiss How oh, you gotta ride at your own risk You gotta ride at your own risk Hey brother, get on it Hey brother, get on it yeah. Bleach, blow, bottle, blues, gravel in my good shoes Stomp and shake, take pity on me I've been everywhere, seen everything Now I wanna come clean, y'all I say what I mean, I mean ooh, ooh. Just say what you mean I mean ooh, ooh. Just say what you mean I mean ooh, ooh. Child, what you gonna do with them bleach blonde bottle blues? How oh, you gonna die? Well, we are delighted to say this is Ausgang Exit, our 16-piece house band that we have here live in the studio, and they're playing a specially commissioned theme tune called We Already Know the Answers, which just happens to be the theme of our show tonight. And uh, Roger was doing the whistling there. Well done, Roger. Now, some sorts of question and answer game that presumably Ian learned when he was brought up amongst the dark satanic mills somewhere up there beyond the, the home countries and the dark side. It's a game show type format. That's right, isn't it, Ian? It is. We're going to play a kind of game during this show that's loosely based on the American quiz show Jeopardy, where you know the answer to each question, but you've got to figure out what the question is. I know the answer to each question. I see. I see. Sounds good. Yep. And we call it... I'm going to move away from the mic here. We already know the answers! But do we, though? (laughs) Do we already know the answers? Yeah, because our listeners have sent in a stack load of puzzles. They've sent them in by text, email, Facebook. It's a kind of lateral thinking, deduction and general knowledge thing. Okay, so uh, it sounds a lot of fun, doesn't it? Well, as you can tell, I'm quite excited about it. So let's start with this one. The answer is because the Welsh built their railways. That's the answer. Okay, got that? So what's the question? Because the Welsh built their railways yes what question prompts that answer the welsh built their railways does that mean the railways they built were good or were they bad it's got nothing to do with that oh well is it about male voice choirs Ah. something about singing it doesn't have to be male it doesn't have to be male it could be a woman or women too like uh why do their women sing too it could have something to do with Welsh habits, but you're really going down a rabbit hole with this. Welsh rabbit is a name for cheese on toast, isn't it? So why do their train stations serve cheese on toast? No, that's not it either, Bill. Uh, Who uh, is the they? Who does their refer to? Uh, we could uh, Google leek soup, coal mines, sheep, the valleys, rugged coastline, yeah. Cardiff, Hollyhead. What about the, the Manic... Charlotte Church? Uh, yep, yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. What about the Manic Street Preachers? Or even Shirley Bassey. Tom Jones. Uh, that's Sir Tom Jones to you, I think you'll find. And it's Dame Shirley. Now, come on, Wales, is it about rugby? You're getting warmer. Ah, why do they play rugby union in... Japan, Italy, Fiji. Oh, no, Argentina. Correct. Well ah, done. Thank you very much. Thank you, it's thank you. Thank you, everyone. Because the Welsh built their railways. So the oh. question was, why do they play rugby union in Argentina? Let's listen to their national anthem. Come on. Thank you. 
Let's have a few uh, more sports ones. This one is from Trisha Nappett from Ipswich Road. Oh, Cortester. Trisha, hello. Yeah, she's coming again. Yep. And reached us by SMS text. The answer is, listen carefully, right. the Chilean player Carlos Cazali during the 1974 World Cup. What is the question? Ooh. What's the answer again? The Chilean player Carlos Cazali during the 1974 got, World Cup. I got it, Mike. Who is the first called, person called Carlos to play football in Chile? No, that's uh, not it. Hang on, hang on. Who said anything about it necessarily being the Football World Cup? No, that's not it either, but it is about football. Uh, this Carlos Cazali was from Chile. Yes. Yeah? And he got a red card? Which what? player received the first ever red card? Well done, the both of you. Ah, see? I've, well, brilliant. That takes us back to our previous show, Yes, it, got Bill? it. Yes, yes, we talked about where they came from, didn't yeah. we? Uh, I've got an email here from Paul and Paula. Uh, Paul and Paula Skinner from Harwich Newtown. And they say this. Okay, ready for this, gents? If the answer is because players were not allowed to play barefoot, what's the question? Is this about football? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Again. Is it about the World Cup? It is, yes, absolutely right. It is indeed. What are you doing, Mike? You're Googling it, Mike. Don't yeah, me get off your Google, Mike. Put That's your Google cheating. down. You can't do Not that. Not allowed to Google it. Uh, no, 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 no. Sorry, go on. I held it under the desk. I hope I didn't think you'd see that. But it's too late. Listen uh, to this. Okay. India withdrew from the 1950 World Cup before the tournament, tournament began. They gave various reasons to their team's withdrawal, including travel costs, lack of practice time and valuing the Olympics more than the World Cup. Despite this, yeah, do you know what? Despite this, many historians and pundits believe India withdrew from the World Cup due to FIFA imposing a rule banning players from playing barefoot. So, the question would have been, why did India pull out of the 1950 World Cup? That's right, that's right. Correct. Yeah, you know, I could have told you that without even Googling it. In that case, well done, Mike. Ian obviously needed to hear what Google had to say first. (laughs) Actually, I almost knew it. I just didn't know which country it was, and I didn't know which World Cup it happened in. So, almost knew the answer. Yeah, you almost knew then. Now, Scotland, uh, did you know this? They also refused, this is according to Paul and Paula Skinner, they also refused to play at the 1950 World Cup because they decided they hadn't qualified well enough. (laughs) Not a problem they have these days. (laughs) And they came second in the 1950, this will take you back, Mike, the British Home Championship. And so they qualified for the World Cup because of that. But they had said beforehand, we wouldn't go to the World Cup unless they come first. Yeah, well, there you are. I was alive then. And uh, here's another one I see here on Google. Although I already knew this, uh, even without the help of Google. <laughs> Although Turkey qualified for the 1950 World Cup by beating Syria 7-0. 7 nil. Yeah, 7-0. They also refused to play at the tournament because they said it would cause them financial problems. Wow. They didn't know that. Yeah, no. no. I had no idea, but there you go. Here we go. I've got one here from Barry in Stanway. Oh, Barry, hello. Hello, Barry. Hello, Barry. The answer is International Monetary Fund. What is the question? Oh, hang on, guys. Uh, I think I know this. What does the acronym IMF stand for? Correct. That was so easy. Okay, here's (laughs) another. It gets six inches bigger. Uh, No, no rude jokes. The question is, what happens to the Eiffel Tower in the summer? Correct. It goes six inches. Oh, I see. Yes. Expansion and contraction, <laughs> Miss Lawrence. It's a scientific principle. Teaching history, you wouldn't know that. It's you? rather like the nose of Concord during flight. Indeed. Indeed. Anyway, you were correct. And here's another. In order to pick their noses efficiently... Uh, why do Tibetans grow long nails on just one of their fingers? Well, I would have thought that two fingers for two nostrils at the same time would be even more efficient. Talking of which... gentlemen do you know i think i can quite honestly say that that is a first for colne radio that is uh two van throat singing and uh two tibetan nostrils if i'm not mistaken at the same time award-winning radio from colne radio 
Well, they say the nose is the gateway to the throat. Well, look, here's one from Mango Dread. Hello, Mango. A bit of a weekly thing now from Shubend. He says the answer is O. 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 What's the question? Well, O is the 15th letter of the alphabet. Ah. No, that's not it. Right? What do you reckon it is? Well, I'd say uh, uh, blood type O. Uh, What do you think? Well, uh, that's absolutely correct. It is blood type O. That would have been my next guess. It's a bit unfair, letting him have another swipe at it. Well, there's another one. You've got another chance. He's touchy, isn't he, Mike? Touchy when he doesn't get his meds. I haven't got many points. When he doesn't get his meds, he's all over the place, isn't he? he gets it wrong, he just goes all quiet. Yeah. I know. There's another one. From Mango, it says... um, This one is actually not from Mango, is it? This one's from Philippa Dunn. From Gusset Hill in St. Osif. Is that right? Uh, and she says the answer is stalactites. What is the question? This one's easy. Uh, which crystalline formations hang down from the ceilings of caves? Uh, There's a way to remember the difference, isn't there, between stalactites and stalactites? <laughs> That's right. Stalactites go up and stalactites go down. Hey. I didn't know. I've got a stalactite. So for me, it's tights. Stalactites. Is that how you remember it? Yeah. Tights get pulled up. Then there's a stalactite. Might. The tights might just get pulled up again. (laughs) Are you following all this? Might and tights. They go up, they go down. A, you've lost the plot. And B, too (laughs) much information. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Let's quickly move on to a quick one. (laughs) It's from Ravi Ankar. Are we coming to an end with this quiz? From Mark's Tate. (laughs) Come on, Ravi. Uh, Ravi, pull yourself together. This is a watering radio, uh, Come on, this is a serious uh, question to come in here. Um, It's from... Oh, yeah, we've done that. The answer is lunch or dinner. What is the question? What can you never eat for breakfast? Answer, lunch or dinner. Next. Oh, well Well done. done, That's very good. What what can you never eat for breakfast? Well, my answer would have been... as one of my favourites. It would have been garlic, onions, a few little chilli peppers... Uh, and, and then I went to Indonesia and I realised I can all, eat all those things for breakfast. And, and I did. And I will. And I should. And I could. Now, here's one from Bobby Balls Up from uh, Balls Green in Great Tay. And the answer is, ready to Vorpal Sword. What is the question? Ah, I know this one. The question is, uh, what weapon was used to kill the Jabberwock? Ah, yes, Jabberwocky. That's a 1977 film by Monty Python members... Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin. No, no. Jabberwocky is a nonsense poem written by Lewis Carroll about the killing of a uh, creature named the Jabberwock. It was included in his 1871 novel Alice Through the Looking Grass. It is considered one of the greatest nonsense poems ever written in English. Its playful, whimsical language has given English nonsense words and neogisms such as galumping and chortle and burbled and mimsy. And do you know, it was set to music and it was released as a single in 1968 by a band called Boeing Duveen and the Beautiful Soup. Let's have a listen to it. Beware the Jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite the claws that catch. Beware the chop-chop bird and shot the frumiest band of snatch. And a slithy toes did gyre and gimble in the wave or mimsy were the borogroves and the momorats out grey. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite the claws that catch. Beware the jog-jog bird and shark, the flumiest man that's matched. Uh, the only other song the band ever recorded was the B-side to that single and and uh, I'm not surprised awful, uh, to be quite honest um, and that also used the words of a poem in Alice Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll wasn't he in The Professionals Lewis Carroll no that was Lewis Collins wasn't it have you got one there? I have. Here's one from listener Brian Sargent from Central Colchester, which actually came in an envelope with a stamp wow oh, very old fashioned Brian wow the answer is your holiness what is the question uh, what do people in the studio call me? No, no, I meant, what's your favourite euphemism for the male genitalia? Uh, be that as it may, Bill, but no, that's not what Brian Sargent is looking for. Mike? What is the correct term of address to the Pope? 
Oh, His Holiness. Yeah, well yeah. done, that's correct. The yeah. Pope. Oh, actually, or a bishop. No, no, no. A bishop's another euphemism, isn't it? That's true. And here's uh, one from Percy Tadger, who works at the Pecker Lane Sausage Factory in Lingham Wood. <laughs> the answer is, there is only one, and it's the strawberry. <laughs> it's the strawberry, folks. <laughs> I'm sorry, that just that made me laugh. <laughs> it's the answer. So what is the question? What fruit it's, or fruits symbolises Wimbledon? Good one, but no. How many fruits have seeds on the outside? Correct. Oh, that's good, isn't yeah, it? Very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Most of the people eating strawberries at Wimbledon are on the outside <laughs> watching the seeds play on a big screen. That's a very uh, clever one. Well Almost done. the best one so far. Now, I've got a text from Jamil uh, from Trinidad House here in Wivenham. And it's a round of quick-fire answers for Ian. Are you ready, Ian? Are you ready? Jamil's ready as I'll ready ever for, be. Okay, thank you, Jamil. Quick fire away. Uh, answer, 12, because fish don't drown. If there are 12 fish and half of them drown, how many are there? Correct, yeah. Next next is Tuesday, Thursday, today and tomorrow. Uh, name four days of the week that start with the letter T. Well done. Next one from oh. Jamil. Uh, this group included a grandmother, a daughter and her daughter's daughter. Uh, two mothers and two daughters went out to eat. Everyone ate one slice of pizza, yet only three slices were eaten. How that's possible? Oh, well done. Bang on. Next, uh, you won't get this, a towel. Uh, okay. What gets wetter and wetter the more it dries? Oh, he's good, isn't he, Mike? He's on oh, form tonight. He's on form. Yeah. Okay, last one then. Uh, try this one. The answer is, because he's not dead yet. Uh, why is it against the law for a man living in Essex to be buried in Suffolk? Well, that's right. It yeah. is against the law to bury someone alive in Suffolk. Do you know, you heard it here first.
listening to Box 39, The Wall of Radio Sound, with Bill Lawrence, Adrian Cohen and Ian Tallentire. So uh, we're listening here on Colm Radio, 106.6 FM. This is Box 39, and this is our We Already Know the Answers celebrity special. Now, this is our Skang Exit, our live house band, and uh, they're playing a lovely song, a lovely song. that It grew like a rose out of a, a dirty old cowplat earlier this year. Amid the protracted, and you may remember this, the, it was in the papers, the protracted pay dispute between Calm Radio and Henry and his band, our Skang Exit. This jaunty tune actually disguises a, a rather dark context, or maybe it embodies a, a sense of optimism amidst all the gloom. Whatever way, we love it, and it's called The Time for Pay Negotiations is Here Again. (laughs) So... That was the end of that, the end of our pay negotiations. It wasn't that lovely. And it was obviously a small cow pet. <laughs> Come on then, let's Indeed. crack on. Even yeah. though I've really given up the plot, but, you know, because I've sort of lost the will to go on. Or do we have a huge wealth of questions still to ask? Okay. We do. Anyway, okay. So we already know the answers. Let's restrict. Can we do one thing? Can we restrict this round to Colchester and surrounding North East Essex? No. Well, the try, the, try this one. The answer is Wiven Ho. Where on earth are we? Oh, yeah. You're right. Well, well done, all of you. <laughs> okay, well, actually, it's me who knows where we are, because I said we've known. That's true. So I well, know where we are, because yeah, I yeah. said it. Yeah, you did. I heard yeah. that. That's yeah. true. Well done, Bill. Anyway, here's one from Orla, from West Mersey, and the answer is Bridgemarsh, Ozy, 2-3, Pewitt, Cindery, Horsey, Lower Horse, Cobmarsh, Great Cobb, Havengore, Potton, Ray, New England, Rushley, Skippers, Slippers, Northey, Warsey, Foulness, Canvey, and back to Mersey. Pure Can I just ask for a bit of clarification? Was that Skippers plural or singular? More than Only one. Only one of them, because uh, the answer is they are 20 islands of Essex. So the question is, what are the islands of Essex? Oh, that's right. There was an article, actually, on the radio uh, yesterday about that. Oh, well, Mike, what's, what's your favourite island, Mike? Uh, I'd say Cuba, because of its... Uh, uh, We're supposed to be northeast Essex, oh, Mike. How about the Isle of Wight? I had a lovely nice. time there when I was small. Nice. Uh, but do you know when I went there, that the, it wasn't all white? No. And do you people, know what? Some people painted their houses. Carl, not, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, there's a tube train runs from Ride Pier to, I think it's Ventnor. How do they get that down there? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It's What's your favourite island, Ian? Ozzy. Pardon? Ozzy Island. Ozzy Island. That's yeah. nice, isn't it? It's nice and small. Yeah. 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 I used to walk past it. My favourite's Love Island. Anyway, some of these islands have sizable populations, uh, like Mersey and Canvey. Others, they're a bit small, aren't they? Uh, Rushley, Lower Horse, it's absolutely uninhabited uh, by humans, anyway. And historically, Bridge Marsh, that's where you got your clay from. They were nice brickworks there. You want a brick, you get it from Bridge Marsh. Fowness, uh, owned by the Ministry of Defence. Strange things go on there, I believe. Horsey was uh, in the Swallows and Amazons books. And Wallasey, uh, well, it's all farmland, isn't it, really? Ray is looked after by the National Trust, and the coastline of Essex, I have to say, is absolutely brilliant. Actually, I've just uh, got another one here. Um, The answer is the longest coastline in uh, England, Britain, uh, 350 miles of coastline. What's the answer? Oh. Well, if it's local, it's Essex. Essex. Brilliant. Well done. That was easy, really. Okay, well, getting back to the islands, some people say there's only 19, others say there's 21. Some even say we may have as many as 35 islands around our coast. Whatever the actual number, Essex has more islands than any other English county. Essex, Essex, Essex. Oi, oi, oi. Earth, stream and tree, encircled by sea. Waves sweep the sand from my island My sunsets fade, field and glade Wait only for rain, grain after grain Love erodes mine, high weathered walls 
which fend off the tide, cradle the wind to my island. Thank you, Henry. Thank you. You can be a bit quieter now. So what was that? That was Islands. Islands by King Green. We sort of little islands of sound, didn't well, we? Islands of what, and I mean, I it's can, a sea of silence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see what you were getting at there. And uh, I quite like the islands amongst amongst the sea of silence. But we yeah, do get into trouble for dead air, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, yeah, I do. I, do you, you like what I did that? I do things all the time, you know. I've no doubt that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, let's get back to uh, another one. Okay. From Malcolm Cheesy 63 on Facebook. Hello, Malcolm. It's a, uh, an historical one. The answer is, listen carefully, it is the largest one of its kind in Europe. Can't you control the bands this evening, Mr. Lawrence? It's House Gang Exit. They're, they're not playing properly. It's them. It's anyway, me. you need to answer this question. Okay, I am a qualified historian. I've got, uh, I've got, a, uh, I've got lots of medals and everything <laughs> about it. I don't know what's going on with the microphone with poor old ass going exit blasting away in the corner. Anyway, the question for the answer is, what is famous about Colchester Castle's Norman Keep? That's impressive. Correct. If it's the largest one in Europe, isn't it the largest one in the world? It could be. <laughs> yeah, it could, couldn't it? And, uh, uh, and here's the one for you, Ian, sent in by telegram from Tracy Shortis from Auckland, New Zealand. We're obviously uh, getting out there in the world. Her answer in search of a question is, listen carefully, because it covers an area of roughly 43 acres. And uh, you see, that's an easy one. The question is, what makes Great Bentley's Village Green the largest in England? The ah. biggest in Essex? The biggest in England? Worth an oi. Oi, 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 I'll give it three. Oi, oi. There's nothing like the biggest village green ever to make the rest of England smell the glove, is there? I guess that's the case, Mr. Lawrence. Yeah, and here's another one, this time from Stalin, 1953, by email. Wetzler, Avignon and Imola. That's ah. easy. Uh, it isn't, actually. I can't, I can't think. After you, come on. Uh, no, no, after you. I insist. Okay, then. Wetzler in Germany has been Colchester's twin town since 1969. Oh, yes. Avignon. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. In France yes. since 1972. Yes, 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 And yes, yes, there's yes, also yes. been Imola in Italy since 1997. Don't, don't be so sure. I'm sorry, that's not quite right. Oh. We've got... I, I, I know, here it is. What are Colchester's twin towns in Europe? How about that? That's correct. Well done. Oh, terribly sloppy of me. Thanks for jumping in, Bill. That's all right. Oh, yeah, here's one for you, Mike. I thought of it myself. Yeah. yeah, I did. On the last Friday of October every year, is the answer. What's the question? Well, when is the Colchester Oyster Festival at the Mute Hall held? Oh, well done. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. Go on, you try one, Mike. You got one? Okay, here's one. Another one I thought of myself. The answer is a flank of a bacon. And it's to do with Essex? Yep. Oh, uh, I think I might know this. Then again, I might know. Another old world word for a flank of bacon is filch. Flitch. As in filch of bacon or a side of bacon. Don't you mean flitch? Flitch. 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 Not filch. Yeah, it's not filch. It's flitch. Because that you get Dunmo. Yes, it's to do with Dunmo, isn't it? Dunmo flitch. Bacon. Yes. Are you sure it's not filch the bacon? It's flitch. Why are you shaking your head at me like that, Bill? <laughs> Could you carry on, please, you two? Ian, carry on. Well, okay. okay, well, I'll give in. If successful, okay. No, come on. There must be something else we could talk about other than this. All right, I've got one. Um, uh, what was the prize then, Bill? There must have been a prize. A prize, prize at the flitch trials? I think uh, was was a prize. I'm not sure what the prize was. What was it? Uh, every four years, I think you won it every four years. But what was it? Was that the answer? Was that the question? What is the prize? That's the question. Have we I've lost got the it. plot? I oh. know we've lost the flitch. What is the prize to be won? This is it, Mike. Oh. I'm there. That's why I'm senior presenter. Oh. What is the prize to be won at the flitch trials held in Great Dunmo every four years? Oh. I haven't got a clue. Was that right? Was that the right answer? Well, question. Well, it's a question. Well, Thank you. Bill. 
Oh, you got any of those meds spare going in? Oh, I haven't. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, very impressive, Bill. Poor old Ian. Where are we going now? You've done so much of the legwork, Ian. We just didn't uh, nail it talked, in the end. We've been talking about a pig. Surely there must be a song in there somewhere. Well, let me jump in. I'm going to jump in before either of you have the chance to stop me uh, playing this. You hear that? It's the big pig song! There was a pig, and he was big. He liked to dig and wear a wig. He did a jig and ate a fig. He was a big, big pig. I can't hear you! I see what you did there, and I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. And here's one from Pleasure. Mary Campbell from Upper Denton. Uh-huh. The answer is, listen carefully, yeah. Gainsborough, Rutherford, Shakespeare, Wellington, and Nightingale. Just what? go through that list again. That's a long list, yeah. Mike. Can you just go through that again for me? You think about this? What is the question? What's the what's those list you just went through though? Can you just list those Gainsborough, names? Gainsborough, Rutherford, Shakespeare, Wellington, and Nightingale. What okay. is the question? As yeah, we said, and I reckon Gainsborough Rutherford opened. Shakespeare came in at number three. Wellington and Nightingale were number four and five, depending on whether they wanted a left-hander to go in to mess up the bowler's rhythm. So my answer is, what was the top five batting order of Essex County Cricket Club when it made its first-class debut in 1894 against Leicestershire at Leighton? That's a very impressive answer, Ian, but um, no, it's wrong. Really? No. And anyway, Wellington and Nightingale were both right-handed batsmen. Oh, well, I tried. You just didn't pick up on that. Well, okay, I got this one figured out. You ready? During the Second World War, Brightling Sea was a Royal Navy base for small experimental magnetic minesweepers and for a mine recovery unit. After Dunkirk, it served as a patrol, an air-sea rescue base, and as a base for seaborne commando operations. From 1941, it equipped and repaired motor, motor torpedo, motor gunboats, motor launches, you know, for coastal forces, that sort of thing. So there was HMS Gainsborough, HMS Rutherford, HMS Shakespeare, HMS Wellington, 1941. And ninety four. It's gonna be ninety forty five. That's it, isn't it? Hang on, hang on. Another very impressive answer, but no. Oh. Sorry. I was oh. gonna say, hang on, I thought in a moment you were gonna tell me HMS Wellington and HMS Nightingale were both right handed boats. And keep the joke going. No, it's uh, <laughs> Gainsborough, Rutherford, Shakespeare, Wellington and Nightingale are the houses at Stanway School. Oh, well. Are they? Never yeah, mind. Good. Yeah. I've got one here from Donna in Norwich. Uh. She likes them long. Here is the answer. Be patient while I read it. It's long. Yes, I've heard it. It's long. Go on. Yes. So, after alighting from the train, leave via the exit on platform four, turn left and walk to the main road at the bottom. On your right are some traffic lights, which you should use to cross to the lay-by bus stop on the opposite side of the road. Use service numbers 63 or 84 and a light in the main bus station, which is approximately a 10-minute journey. Ask the driver if you are unsure. You will then need to catch the number 75 bus. You can also travel to the town centre via other services, such as the number 8 or 61. You will then have a short walk to the bus station to catch the number 75. And there you have it. What question prompted that long answer? Well, that was long, uh, Donna. I hope you're listening, but uh, I do know this one. How does one get to Colchester Zoo from Colchester Railway Station? Correct. Thank you. Very, very good. I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings in the movies And I'm not proud of my address In a torn up town, no postcode envy But every song's like Gold teeth, grey goose, tripping in the bathroom Bloodstains, ball gowns, trash in a hotel room We don't care we're driving Cadillacs in our dreams But everybody's like Crystal, Maybach, diamonds on your timepiece Jet planes, islands, tigers on a gold leash We don't care We, don't we are caught up in your love affair And we'll never be royals 
administered the compound LSD-25. Their eyes, as black as pinheads and about the same size, looked straight, not at my eyes, not quite, but into them. I saw my reflection on the glass, a serious face with eyebrows the shape of attention, looking back at me, at all of us, my paws on the glass feeling cold. The sweet smell of urine coming from my herdmates, and the man in white, as big as God, looking at me. No. I never could forget those mice. and welcome to this week's edition of We Already Know the Answers with your hosts Bill Lawrence, Ian Tallentire and Mike Harwood This is Ausgang Exit here on Box 39 on 106.6 Coal Radio. And this is Cheeky Monkey at the Water Cooler, live in the studio. And this has been requested by Donna of Ipswich, not to be confused with Donna of Norwich, who's just sent Mike a kiss. So, uh, what's next, Ian? I haven't really got a clue. Should we go anecdotal? I think it's a plan, Mike. Yeah. Go anecdotal for us. Okay. So uh, if we concentrate on because you couldn't make this stuff up. That's the answer, is it? That's the answer. What Be- is the question? Because you couldn't make this stuff up. Yeah, you couldn't make it up. 
What was the relationship between a uh, London taxi driver in Cuba and cigars? Well, I'll tell you because I was there. Really? In Cuba. And we were leaving uh, through the airport and this happened. In which a London taxi driver attempted to take more than the official limit of 50 cigars out of Cuba. He'd asked me as a non-smoker to take some through customs, but he forgot to give them to me. He was caught, held, held at customs and could have missed his plane. But he was released, however, after convincing the officials that he was a personal friend of Fidel Castro. How did he do this? By showing them a photo of himself with his arm round Castro. What he didn't tell them was that the photo was taken at Madame Tussauds. Good, I like that. Well, that's very clever. That's very clever. And just to say thank you very much for the picture as well, Donna. And uh, Mike's going to get that put on his fridge. Fridge door. As a magnet? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, okay. that's that's amazing. So, so what was your answer in the end to that? Then, just to remind ourselves, because because you couldn't make this stuff up. Yeah, you couldn't make that up. <laughs> Absolutely you? right. Well, yeah. I tell you what, Ian, I've got a quick one for you. Okay. Okay. This is the question. What is uh, what is the question? Rather, this is the answer. What results in this audio file being played? All right, and here's the audio file.
I didn't realise how good she is. It's a really good song. And this is, uh, well, this was actually Ausgang X's audition track all those years ago. They came to the studio and they, uh, they came out fresh-faced. They were just young. And they said, we'd like to be on no your radio show. Moustaches. No And they said, we'd like to be on your radio show. And uh, gave me a load of money. And I said, yes. And uh, it's great. Henry's been, uh, Henry's been with us all that time. And they've brought on others. And uh, it's so lovely to have them in the studio. So thanks so much, boys and girls. So we welcome onto the show uh, at this point a uh, guest into the studio he's just parked his bike and he's coming up the stairs along the corridor up the lift through uh, reception past the wellness area past the sports uh, rooms past the relaxation rooms past the uh, past the lie down rooms past the breakout rooms and past just the rooms and we welcome dave nash david hello good evening bill good evening gentlemen you're all looking mighty fine for the radio tonight thank you very much sir nearly, you. nearly got lost in the uh, the lawrence center here but i made it it is it is rather confusing is it because what they done they had the signs made for them didn't they they spent all that money on signage and uh it's just all in the wrong place because the person that installed it installed it all upside down didn't they so the arrows go the wrong way but then they couldn't afford to get it uninstalled well, it's not just that it's the fact that every wall has a picture of your big face on it it's quite disorientating but, well i find that quite reassuring might be reassuring but it's still disorientating anyway yeah. nice to see you david and it david's nice going off early he's going down the pub because he's on the next show he's on red button so he's going to go down with the techies and set up down there uh, where we're broadcasting from it's a little surprise we're going to keep that as a little surprise he knows where to go obviously uh, uh and he's going off and and i I see you bought David your own tuk tuk. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's it's the best way to travel. After it, is, all. It, it is. It is, and a driver as well, which is good. Yeah, and and that nicely segues in, doesn't it? Because you're going to be talking about India in the next show, aren't you? Absolutely, India and the surrounding countries, and all my experiences, good and bad there. Oh, we're looking forward to that. Okay, yeah. well let's let's progress with uh, with uh, box thirty nine. We'll see you later, David. Thanks for dropping in. Yeah. And here's one from Daryl Bass. Uh, in Brentwood and uh, can you just uh, read out what he's got there Mike uh, well the answer is Mercury what's the question if the answer is Mercury uh, something to do with chemistry metallic chemical element with the symbol HG answer Mercury no that's not the question what is a common name for an English language newspaper no sorry that's not it Mercury uh What's the name of the most famous annual music prize awarded for the best album from the United Kingdom? No, sorry, you're not doing very well, you two. Try again. Okay, what was the title of the 2005 novel by Ben Bova? No, try again. The answer is Mercury. Um, well, look, David's come back because he's, he's, uh, he left the keys to his tuk-tuk up here. So, Dave, sit down with us and get through this Thanks. one. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I think it's what was the title of the movement about the winged messenger in Gustav Holst's The Planets? That would be Mercury, right? Ah, yes, but no, that's not it. You have a go, Dave. Yeah, it's tricky. Uh, what about, uh, what is the name of the Marvel comic characters who can uh, turn himself into a mercurial substance? No. What was the name of the album released in 1993 by the band American Music Club? Nice try. It's not right, though. God, it's a tricky one. It is, isn't it? I'm struggling. Uh, I've, 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 got, I've got another punt for this one. What oh, is okay. the name of the popular FM radio stations in both Hertfordshire and, is it Surrey? Oh, they're called Hart. No, no, actually, you're right. They're called Mercury, aren't they? Mercury. No. This is uh, going on and on, isn't it? That's not right. Um, keep trying. You're bound okay. to get it. What was the name of the 1996 Australian TV series about a fictional, fictional Melbourne weekly newspaper starring Geoffrey Rush? I'd like to say yes, oh. but no. Try again. Oh. Uh, what about this? I've got it. What was the title of the 2018 Indian silent horror thriller by Karthik Sabaja? Was that called Mercury? Yes, it was. Oh, well. <laughs> Sorry, that's not it. Ah. Um, what was the now defunct division of the US automobile manufacturer, the Ford Motor Company, which operated from 1938 to 2011? The, uh, the Ford Mercury, yeah, no? Is that it? No. Is that oh. still a no? Yeah. Oh. 
No, sorry, I'm just trying that's to get him to say yes. Do you give in? Well, no, I don't. I'm going to have another go, if you don't mind, Mike. What was the Roman god of financial gain, commerce, eloquence, messages, communication, travellers, boundaries, luck, trickery and thieves? No, sorry, that's not it. Do, do you give in? It's really tricky. I'll, I'll give in. Yeah, give oh, in. Yeah. What was it? I've had enough of this. Come well, on, I'm surprised it's taken you for so long. The question Daryl Bass in Brentwood was looking for for which Mercury was the answer was, what is the nearest planet to the sun? Ah, well, that's uh, so obvious, really, but very good. It's, yeah. uh, that's a great it's a question. a little overly simplistic, Daryl, actually. Now, we've only got oh, 30 seconds left before we play some music. So, um, it's been a great show. Thank you for all of those that sent in questions and answers. Do you know, I still don't really understand how this quiz works. What was the score? Well, I won. Uh, that's all you need to know. Oh, Okay, I thought yeah. I'd won. No. no, 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 no. I'm I thought, disappointed now. I thought, no. I thought I'd won. No, you came last, mate. Ah. Yeah. That's and do you know, because uh, you come last, you're paying for the drinks in the next show. Yeah, but that's only in the next show, not this one. <laughs> this life, not the next. <laughs> okay. Well, well done, everyone. I'm going to dedicate our last song tonight to David Nash, who's with us uh, in the next show. Surely Colchester's most intrepid globetrotter of them all. And this is the B-52s. And this is a song called Rome. Go ahead and roam. Go ahead and roam. from us uh, we're completely finished now it's been a great show thank you for having contributing and we'll see you next time yes thank you for that bill so from right here where we are in the visible from space double glazed and geothermally powered 10 hectare full spectrum media center high up on the fourth floor of cone radio towers perched above and gazing down upon the twinkling homesteads and snaking dual carriageways stretching across the full and fertile lands of northeast Essex, it's time for us to close Box 39 once more. Be seeing you. Be seeing you. Bye-bye. Be seeing you. <laughs>